And now, and now, the best of Pete Price. The best of Pete Price on Radio City 96.7. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got a celebrity in town, a very nasty piece of work. Well, he's a lovely man, but he played Alan Bradley. His name is Mark Eden. He's got a book, Who's Going to Look at You? And he's at Waterstones on Saturday, and he's autographing his book, which is great. Hello, Mark. Hi there, Pete. Very excited about you coming to Liverpool. Yeah, I was in Liverpool. You know, when I, when I did um, uh, uh, Alan Bradley, yeah. we did all the trial scenes in the old uh, Courts of Justice there. Didn't realise that. Yeah, they shot them all there. It, it was great stuff, bringing me up from down below, you know. and come. It's a really terrific place. That's, have you ever been there? You I have go. indeed, and that's amazing. If I'd have known you were in there, I would have attacked you, because <laughs> like everybody else, I couldn't believe what you did to Rita. Uh, the book is called Who's Going to Look at You? It's a yes. fantastic book. At long last, your lovely wife has said it's about time you did it. You've done it. She's nagged me into it, yep. Because I, I have had a colourful life, there's no doubt about that. And a colourful childhood, too, because it was a very, very uh, uh, difficult childhood, you know, being in the th- being a, a youngster in the 30s, a kid, uh, when there was so much unemployment and everything going about. Uh, but um, I survived. You came survived. from a big family, did you, Mark? Yes, there, was, there were six of us all together, four kids and, and mum and dad. And at one time, we were all living in one room wow. until they rehoused us in a, in a place. Can you imagine coming from a gaslit room yeah. with a, a ta- no, no sink, no tap, a tap on the landing, two flights down, and a lavatory out the back shared by three families. Mm. And they rehoused us in a flat, a brand-new flat with electric light, three bedrooms, an indoor lavatory, an indoor bathroom. <sighs> Can you imagine? I went round switching the light on and off yeah. like to, just to remind myself that we'd long last we've got electricity. Where, where are you originally from? Well, London. Right. I was born. That's why I call. Well, I was born in a street called Stanhope Street, mm-hmm. and everybody used to call it No Hope Street. Right. <laughs> because everybody, in it, nobody, everybody was out of work. Uh, so that's that's why the, that's the subtitle from No uh, Hope Street to Coronation Street. And if people buy this book, they're going to read about Coronation Street and you they're being. Read, yes, it, it it was four years of my life, yeah. and that's a, as much as it takes. But it, a lot of it is about my early years as a child in the thirties and the uh, the war, yeah. being evacuated, being bombed out uh, in London, uh, and all that, and my checkered career, my colourful career, working in fairgrounds and doing all sorts of jobs working on building sites and things until I became an actor and then I I, I actually zoomed up very quickly um, because I, I it was one of those things I, I could do it from the moment I, I started I knew I could do it so you're coming to Liverpool you're signing copies of the book on yep. Saturday in Liverpool one which is absolutely beautiful now our yep. new new city center um will we read in the book about the loves of your life yes, yes you will I haven't held back. I, I think I, 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 at one, I, I didn't put the names in at first, and then I, somebody said to me, you've got to do that, you know. It, it, sadly, most of the ladies are, are either dead or now too old to care. So, uh, but yes, I have, yes, it's all there. Mark Eden, and enjoy being at Waterstones. The book is called Who's Going to Look at You? Get yourselves down and meet the man himself. Thank you, Mark. Uh, great. Thank you, Pete. The best of Pete Price on Radio City 96.7. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight, Beyond the Dark, we're going across uh, to America now and to New England. We're going to speak to Keith Johnson. Hello, Keith. Hello there. Before we talk about anything paranormal, tell us whereabouts you are in the world and what it's like when you're looking out your window. Well, I'm in Warwick, Rhode Island, obviously named after Warwick in England. 
And uh, here we are in New England, Ghost Hunter Central. And I look out the window and I see um, a dreary, overcast November sky. Oh. Are you in the middle of the country or are you in a, a city? We're in a city. We're in a city, but it's rather residential. So it's, um, it's livable. It certainly is livable. <laughs> and we're right near the water, so uh, right near the bay. So that's, that's something that's very lovely. Now, you're a prolific writer and you're a paranormal investigator. Do you, you just mentioned then about being in the middle of somewhere quite interesting. Uh, is there a lot of paranormal um, activity where you are? There's a lot of paranormal activity, and there's also a lot of ghost hunting groups here. And that's why we refer to it as Ghost Hunters Central. And uh, New England seems to be the most haunted, so to speak, area of the United States. And we have so many organizations here in New England, and they seem to be concentrated here in Rhode Island, especially Warwick. So there's just so many, many paranormal investigation organizations here. Do we know why? Because... The climate, the atmosphere, the Gothic New England style, it's just its the first place that was settled here by white settlers. So it's just the rich history is known for so, so many hauntings. We have the Lizzie Borden legend here. We have New England vampires here. Just so many ghost tales and um, morbid things. So nice place to live. So who is Keith Johnson? I am a paranormal investigator of... Uh, a few decades, and um, as you said, I, I enjoy writing. I've written some books on the subject, and I also, my wife Sandra and I are the founders of NEAR, New England Anomalies Research, and we also specialize in demonology, which of course gets in the, to the aspect of non-human spirits. So talk to me about that, because that sounds fascinating. Well, there are many organizations that do ghost hunting, of course. They deal with the typical types of hauntings. But once in a while, you find a haunting that goes beyond that, that seems to be something very malevolent. It's not just the average poltergeist or things, objects moving around or figures wisping about. It gets to be very personal where somebody is being physically and spiritually assaulted. A family can be being attacked and they're being driven out of their minds. So that's when groups usually call us in, because that's what we specialize in, as morbid as it seems. What do you do about it? Can you, do you, is it exercised or what? Eventually it does sometimes culminate in being exercised. We try to work with families and tell them what they should be afraid of and what not to be afraid of. Of course, Often, obviously, we go in and there's a logical explanation. There's a mundane explanation. You know, somebody, uh, we went into one home and it turned out to be a mouse and insect infestation instead of demons. But um, we try to educate people and what to expect. But if necessary, we do it, we personally do it from a religious standpoint. So we go in, we go in with prayers, with blessed oil, with blessed water, and we anoint every room, we pray in every room. And we try to get whatever hostile entity happens to be there removed. We try to remove it, and we take precautions so that it does not come back again, hopefully. That's Keith, if everything works out. Keith, have you ever come across something that is so hostile that you and your wife have just left it because you really are quite frightened yourselves? Well, we've come close to that, but, but not quite. 
Not quite. I mean, there's been times when it's been very, very seemingly dangerous, but, you know, thank God we haven't been able to, we haven't been scared out yet. We haven't um, been up against the situation that we couldn't handle by the grace of God. And we have gone back into situations that are very, very scary, very horrendous. And um, we try to educate the family how they themselves can take precautions against attracting these things and bringing them back in. If you work with your wife, do not these in in human infestations get angry at the fact that there's two of you, uh, two against one? Yes. Yes, they do. They get, they seem to get very angry. And uh, we have evidence of this, of just how angry they get, because uh, my wife has been told off and, and really cussed out. Now, we get that in the form of voices on tape, known as EVP, of course, electronic voice phenomena, where spirit voices are recorded on tape. And often they'll be mocking and they get uh, very, very hostile and resentful of us, especially since we're a couple. Paranormal Realities is your new book. What's it about? It's about my personal experiences from when I was a small child, when I first had my first ghostly manifestations growing up in a haunted house. There were some manifestations in the house I grew up in, and they weren't terrifying at first, but as I got older, they became increasingly hostile, especially since I had some siblings who were playing with a Ouija board. They were playing with the Ouija board and talking to these spirits. That seemed to make it a lot worse. And then the book goes on to um, detail how I first became involved in paranormal investigation, how I first became involved in investigating groups. And my first case, my first in-home investigation, was actually in a demonically infested home. So that was my first experience with it and uh, how I became increasingly involved in demonology, and then uh, my involvement with the Atlantic Paranormal Society, which is TAPS, and that's the organization you see on the American TV show Ghost Hunters. We were members of that for a while, how my wife became involved, and eventually how we formed New England Anomalies Research and actually became a demonology team, Sandra and myself. You say about a demonically infested home. Explain that more. Try and paint us a picture of what we can't imagine. You come into a home and sometimes you go in there and immediately you know the feeling is very foreboding. It's hard to describe, but you go in there and you just feel totally, totally drained. You go in and you feel like the energy is being sapped right out of you. You feel nauseous. You feel ill. You feel like you really don't want to be there. And it's sometimes hard to force yourself to be there. You, you really feel like you're not welcome there. And uh, things may be happening in the house, as in the case of the first time I entered a house like this. Uh, windows, a window slammed shut when I said certain religious things. Uh, one of the girls was slapped the side of her head. The, the children were just terrified out of their minds. And um, things, my, um, my brother happened to see, who was in the organization, he happened to see a cloudy form, like a, a spirit form wandering around through the hallway. And we thought, well, this is the real deal. You know, if this, is this what we really want to get involved in? But we did stay with it. And uh, that's basically very, very hostile. Family members are being broken down 
and attacked personally. You see, when it's a demonic infestation or inhuman, usually rather than just frightening the whole family, it will concentrate on certain individuals and try to break them down in an effort to destroy them, to, to actually cause that person to have an emotional breakdown. What do you think they get from them? You've done it for so long. Why do you think they do this? Are they just devilment? Is it just... Well, there are spirits that do this. They seem to be prankful or playful spirits. That you can kind of term as sometimes a poltergeist, which means playful spirit or noisy ghost. But with the demonic haunting, it's more like they're trying to dehumanize people. They're trying to make people into a, a bestial image. They're trying to, and we personally believe that these spirits are trying to hurt God and hurt humanity. They're trying to hurt God through destroying humanity. They're trying to basically break us down, take over. They don't like us. They really don't like us. They resent us. They resent the fact that we are physical. We have our you know, sensual, physical pleasures. We eat, we drink, we breathe air, and plus we have free choice. We do have free choice, and they very, very much resent that, and that's why they try to break us down and sometimes even possess. They try to possess a physical body because they are denied this. They do not have physical bodies, so they try to infiltrate and infest us, and that's where possession comes about. I presume you and your wife are devout Christians. Yes, we are. Does your religion tell you to keep away from these demonic forces? Well, many, there are church authorities that would say that, but religiously and theologically speaking, it does tell us to avoid these things, but it also tells us to cast them out. It tells them to deliver people who are in need. So it doesn't really say to run away with them. It does it cautions against calling these things up for pleasure. It cautions against communicating with these things just for idle pleasure or for necromancy. But it also says that we are to cast them out and deliver people who are oppressed by them. You mentioned before about the area you live in and how everybody is sort of drawn to it. And you also, you also mentioned vampires. Do you come yes. across vampires within demonic forces? I have come across people who, be it psychological or sometimes spiritual, they become obsessed with this. And I have actually known people who feel the need to prey off others. Sometimes it's psychically... They're draining the energy from people. But sometimes I've known individuals who actually develop a craving for human blood, human sustenance. And uh, these are the kind of vampires we've actually dealt with, people who are either demonically oppressed or psychologically imbalanced to the point where they actually do get a craving for human energy or human blood in some instances. Do you see a time that maybe the world is going to be taken over by demonic forces? I think there will be an increased amount of these cases where people seem to be taken over. I don't think they'll take over the whole, whole world, but I think it will be people will be increasingly deceived. I think people will become more and more deceived by these spirits, 
and feel that they are doing something good, feel that they are doing something right. But you have to remember, just as there are deceptive people in the world, there are also deceptive spirits. And spirits will pretend to be nice and sweet, whereas they may, in fact, be something else altogether. I mentioned the Ouija board. A lot of times people are playing with that, and a message will come through that's very sweet and pleasant. But as you become more and more involved with this, once these spirits have a foothold, then they will begin displaying their true nature. And they, the messages will become very hostile, very threatening. And some people do find themselves in a situation that they're not able to deal with. Remember, these things are much easier to bring in than they are to expel. Do these demonic forces kill, ever? They do kill, but it's usually, it's usually not outright killing somebody. It's usually bringing a person to the point where they feel that life is worthless and they either take their own life or they take the life of somebody else or they just, you know, are brought to suicide because they are in such a, a brainwashed state, so to speak. So they don't usually outright kill, but they can convince somebody to take their own life or to kill somebody else. Do you ever question yourself about this? I mean, you and your wife, do you ever think, what are we doing? Yes, yes, I often question. I mean, these are, we have an inkling of them, but they are in the spirit realm, and sometimes I just become so wondering, you know, what is going on here? I mean, we have our faith, and we deal with these things, but every once in a while you have to step back and say, these are forces that, I mean, you usually do not see them, you have, unless they want to show themselves, you have such a, you know, such a small inkling of these spirits, whereas they themselves possess the wisdom of the ages. They have existed for thousands and thousands of years, for eons, and um, coming across these, if it weren't for our faith, I don't think I would want to get near them. Do you ever worry about when you've passed away that this is going to come back to... I don't know, attack you, or uh, does it worry you? Well, that's where our faith comes in. I feel that at that moment there are other spirits which are not human, but they're very good spirits. And these, of course, are the angels. I'm referring to the angelic realm. I feel that my wife Sandra and I do have a very strong protection from angelic spirits. Now, angelic spirits are non-human, too. They never existed as human beings, but they're a separate race. But just like the demonic, I believe that the angelic are there, and they are more powerful than the demonic. And they actually, I believe when we leave this life, that angels are there to protect you and escort you to an afterlife. So in that way, I don't worry about it because I do believe we have angelic protection. That's what we pray for all the time, every time we go into a situation like this. Do you believe the devil is here on earth? Yes, yes I do. I do believe that the devil is here among us and that he is on earth. He may be in a, another dimension, a different kind of existence than us, but he is here with us and I believe that the devil is a very active force in this world. Obviously. A lot of people would disagree with that. And that's not to say we're not responsible for our own actions. Obviously, there's so much evil in the world, even without the devil, because 
people are responsible for their own actions. But yes, I believe that the devil is an active force in today's world, that he is among us. And the power of the devil and demons is that people will not believe in them. That's their main power. That's how they're able to hide. Keith, what do you want people to take from this new book you've written called Paranormal Realities? Well, I want them to be able to read my personal experiences, and that's how I came about writing the book, because I would sit around and uh, tell my friends and fellow investigators different experiences I've had, and I would collect theirs. And they kept telling me, Keith, you should write this down in a book. You really should. And I agreed with them, but I put it off for years till my, my wife put her foot down and said, Keith, you're going to write this book. So I did so. And what I would like people to see is just my personal experiences, what I've had. I mean, you know, I'm not saying people have to believe every word that they read, but I'm telling what I've been through, what I personally experienced. And hopefully people can relate to this and maybe take some things from it like maybe certain mistakes I've made or certain victories I've had, people can learn from this and have those who have similar experiences, maybe they can come along on the journey with me. Do you think these demonic forces can travel? Yes. Do yes. you think, but, I'll give you a scenario, yeah. do you think now with this interview that maybe they could, if they were uh, in, in tune with what we were doing, could be so angry about us talking about them like this that they could travel over here and take over where I am? I do not, they probably would not take over, but I've seen them interfere. They do travel very, very fast. Now, some are housebound. Some do not move out of a certain location for whatever reason, but some travel, and I do believe they travel practically at the speed of thought. They travel, they can travel across countries. They do have certain limitations, but they can travel very fast. I haven't seen them go take over. But um, say, like if I'm doing an interview, but I have had certain instances where I'm doing an interview and suddenly everything will go dead or there'll be major interference, uh, equipment will stop failing, batteries will start draining. So I've learned to enter into this, even when I'm doing interviews, on a very prayerful, prayerful basis. So I do ask God to watch over everything I'm doing, especially when I'm doing interviews like this that everybody will remain safe. Keith, to finish off, if anybody is listening now who are having dreadful problems with demonic infestation, what would you say them to, to tell them yes. to do? Well, I would say that, remember, there are more positive forces. And, and, you know, I don't mean to give these spirits more credit than they're due because they do have limitations. But if somebody feels that they are dealing with a very negative perhaps demonic force. Remember, the positive is always stronger. Angels are stronger. And of course, my religion, being Christian, I believe that in the power of Jesus Christ, personally, angels are stronger. But even if somebody has no religious belief, just being more positive, taking a positive outlook, can be very, very beneficial in guarding against demonic attack. Keith, how can they buy the book? You can go to Amazon.com on the Internet, or you can go to our site, which is www.nearparanormal.com. That's N-E-A-R, paranormal, 
www.newenglandanomalies.com, New England Anomalies Research, which is our site. Keith Johnson, thank you for joining us. Oh, you're very welcome. Liverpool's biggest after-hours talk show, Late Night City, with Pete Price on Radio City 96.7 and City Talk 105.9.